Well, hello there, folks. I'm Josh Rose, and I'm the Group Life Pastor at Rush Creek, and our team has put together this two-part resource called Leading Group Members to Own Their Own Growth. We're delighted to provide it for you and hope you'll take good notes and be encouraged and equipped to be an even better leader than you are now. As someone who has led small groups for over 20 years now, I can say without hesitation that one of my greatest frustrations is when my group members simply act like baby birds. You know what I mean? They're helpless. They just sit there waiting for me to feed them spiritual food. You know, the the changing of the diaper that tucked them in their bed and scratch their back and sing them a lullaby. Now, it's one thing for a leader to help group leaders or excuse me, group members grow up in Christ. But when you don't see any growth after some seasons, it becomes wearisome. I don't think I'm alone in this. I've talked with other leaders who feel the same way. So the question is, what do we do about that? Did you know that in the early church, I mean, I'm talking as early as the third century. You might have to fact check me on how early we see this. But when someone claimed to have accepted Jesus as Savior and Lord, they entered a time of preparation and learning. Do you know this? They would have to attend gatherings, which was a type of class where they would be taught the teachings of Jesus. And then church leaders would watch them in their life, in the mornings and the evenings where they go, who they hang out with, in society, to see if they were living as a follower of Jesus. Yeah, this would last for about two years. They called them baptism candidates. In other words, since baptism was the outward declaration to the world that they are now Jesus followers, Church leaders wanted to make sure they knew what it meant to follow Jesus. They had to demonstrate they understood Jesus' teachings and then live them out. In many ways, church leaders wanted to see growth and a candidate's ownership of their growth. Now, we don't have time to keep chasing that, so I'll need to let that go. But think about your group members. Do they take responsibility of their own growth in Jesus? Sometimes in my groups, my group members do not. But I'm sure there are many who do at Rush Creek because, you know, we have a myriad of committed Jesus followers that show up every single week at Rush Creek. But what about those in your group that don't take ownership of their own growth? How do we help them? How do we teach them? How do we spur them on? Well, there are some core assumptions that our group's team and others who study adult learning are making about motivating adults and their overall learning process. And so it's important for us to go through those assumptions prior to getting to the tips on how to lead your group members to own their own growth. So the first assumption is adults need to know why they need to learn something before they're willing to undertake learning it. They got to know the why. Why is this important? Malcolm Knowles, he's a learning researcher. He writes in his classic book, The Adult Learner, learning researchers have found that when adults undertake to learn something on their own, they will invest considerable energy in probing into the benefit they will gain from learning it and the negative consequences of not learning it. A potent tool for raising the level of awareness of the need to know are real or simulated experiences in which learners discover for themselves the gaps between where they are now and where they want to be. So we see this in our own lives. If there's not a good reason for learning something, something else will take its place. Assumption number two, adults have a self-concept of being responsible for their own decisions, for their own lives. Once an adult has arrived at that self-concept, they develop a deep psychological need to be seen by others and treated by others as being capable of self-direction. Meaning, adults don't want to be treated like children. Like this even needs to be pointed out. 
but adults will resent and resist situations in which they feel others are imposing their wills on them. Does this this sound familiar? I mean, it does sound familiar for me. Let's move on. Assumption number three. For adults, experience is king. I hope you're taking notes. For adults, experience is king. Life experience is trusted at a deeper level than anything a textbook can suggest. This can pose a serious problem for small groups since we hold God's word as our textbook. So what do you do when someone reads scripture and says their life experience has proven the text does not apply to their life? For example, you might learn in scripture that that week during discussion, God ordains our steps. Well, a group member's experience of a drug addict mother and an absent father having to forage the woods behind their house for food, sleeping on the couch and keeping their clothes underneath the couch, you know, poverty. And that's a real story, by the way. God ordained that? No. I'm not buying that. Now, while we know as leaders that's not the appropriate response, we have to find a way to keep that group member engaged and to not check out. Assumption number four, adults become ready to learn what they need in order to cope effectively with their real life situations. Let me give you an example. A 10th grade girl is being forced to take a home economics class to learn prenatal care, budgeting, cooking, sewing, I mean, it's not going to be that successful, right? Why? Because she doesn't need to know that right now. So she mentally checks out. But what if you change the scenario? What do you think would happen to her interest level in all of those subjects I just mentioned if she becomes pregnant? Suddenly, all those topics become important. But there is a limit. There is a limit to this. And that leads us to assumption number five. And that is, adults are motivated to learn to the extent that they perceive that learning will help them perform tasks or deal with problems they confront in their life. Meaning, what they're learning must be relevant to what's going on in their life. So that sophomore girl, that's relevant for her because she's about to become a mother and she needs to know budgeting. She needs to know prenatal care. She needs to know how to cook and sew and all of those things. So it's important to make sure that What we're asking them to learn to get proper motivation actually is going to impact their everyday. Assumption number six, adults are somewhat motivated by external things like promotions, more money and stuff like that. But deep motivation to learn comes from internal things like job satisfaction, self-worth and quality of life, standard of living for my family. So these, these are the core assumptions we're making as we work through the first three tips We'll cover the last three tips in part two of this resource. So let's get to it. The first tip to lead group members to own their own growth in light of our core assumptions is to connect new ideas to their existing worldview and by asking strategic questions. By asking strategic questions, you'll be modeling how to make those connections. So the more you ask and connect, the easier and more natural it will be to call group members to do this on their own, and slowly they will begin to take ownership. Now, I don't want to lose you. Let me give you some examples of strategic questions, okay? So what we're really talking about is we want to connect new ideas with what they already know. So some examples of strategic questions you can use are, how is this, meaning the topic you're discussing, related to that, what they already know? So you got to do some legwork as a group leader. How is this related to that? And a follow-up question is, well, if this, meaning the topic you're talking about, is true, then what does that mean for that, the something they already know? 
So you're connecting what is new with what they already know. The reason this tip works is because learning scientists discovered a long time ago, I mean years, decades ago, that when a person is introduced to a new idea or concept, literally, like we're talking in the brain stuff, their brain receives the information and processes it. So I like to think in metaphors because I can get lost in some of that heady, heady, you know, thinking. Think of it as you walk up to a filing clerk and hand them a file. They receive the file and then determine where in the filing cabinet it goes. If they decide it's not useful, they put it in the shredder. But if it is useful, they file it away in the appropriate drawer. So if we don't make meaning, determine which filing drawer it goes in, if we don't make meaning of new information, our brain will toss it into the shredder. But if we make meaning of it, meaning we connect it with where it goes in the filing cabinet, so in our case, connecting the new idea with what we already know, we can use it. So asking your group, how does this, fill in the blank, how is it related to that? And if this is true, then what does that mean for that? It's going to be very helpful for your group members to track with you. And you modeling that, it's going to create repetition, and it's going to create this, this okay, I get it. Okay, I can start doing that. And it's going to be more natural for your group members to start taking ownership for new ideas. The second tip is to encourage deep level learning. Encourage deep level learning. This is an easy tip. You might be new to the concept of deep level learning, but don't worry, it's simple. Shallow learning is things like how many books of the Bible are there? Who were the Sadducees? How old was Jesus when he started his ministry? Why did Jesus have to die? What is the resurrection of the dead? It focuses on shallow facts, topical details that can be retrieved easily from our minds. Deep level learning is focused on mastery of essential content, thinking critically, solving complex problems. It's also focused on working collaboratively and communicating effectively. So it would be questions that focus on, why does Paul come across as so upset in his letter to the Galatians? What's behind that? What are all the contributing factors to that? What contributed to the nation of Israel disobeying God so many times in the Old Testament? Why is chapter 12 the main pivot point in the Genesis narrative? What relation does it have to the gospel? Do you see how each of those questions require much more thinking and organizing in your mind? Once group members get into a rhythm of focusing on deep level learning, you'll see a different person. I mean, I'm telling you, the confidence they have as as, as they partner with the Spirit to ask deeper questions, which then fuels their passion to live their lives differently. It's powerful. It is powerful. Well, the final tip for this this recording, this, this resource, well, the final tip for part one is to model for group members how and why questions. Asking how and why questions, very simply, will do more to strengthen their foundational understanding of whatever the topic is you're discussing than most anything else. The most effective way I like to describe it is think of a bird's nest. People who are new to a learning topic, their neural network in their brain on that topic looks like a few twigs mashed together. While an expert, like a professor or someone like that, their neural network looks like a tightly woven, well-formed, mature bird's nest. Asking how and why questions helps fill in the bird's nest for the person new to the topic. It will expose gaps in understanding. It will strengthen conviction on the topic as those gaps are filled. It's helpful in breaking through mental barriers, and the list can continue to go on, but I'll stop there. 
But you have to keep at it. Your group members might recoil at first because this is a lot and it's new for them, but they will get used to it. Now, please don't feel you have to go out and implement all of these tips at once. You're the leader and you know your group better than I do. You implement whichever tools you feel will help you be a better leader. Our goal is to help you be awesome at leading your group. And hopefully, hopefully this resource has served you well.